Mafia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid, the podcast where we will aim to dissect the British Grand Prix piece by piece, much like a delaminating Pirelli tyre. Hi. <laughs> I'm your lead host this week, Tom King, and I'm joined as ever by Chris Evans. Hello, hello. And Stu Greenwood. Hello. How are you both? Very good, thanks. Yeah, all good, all good. Very excited after a, uh, after a another awesome Grand Prix. Yeah, makes Pretty up for the slight boringness yeah. of the last one. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a bit easier to talk about this one this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Should we crack straight into it then, since there is quite a lot to discuss? Dive in. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Well, weekend to forget for one Julian Palmer, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Didn't even make it to the start officially, classed as a DNS. Yeah. That's... It keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Every time you think it can't go worse for him, it gets worse. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully now, even though we said this last week, or last week, yeah, last week, hopefully yeah. things will actually, can only actually get better this time. The, I think the only way they could possibly be worse is if he didn't turn a wheel. Yeah. If he didn't make it to the grid at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not it's, it's not like he's crashed in qualifying or anything, is it? You know. Well, he had a fairly decent qualifying. It was eleventh, wasn't it? Yeah, eleventh. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So it was, <laughs> you know, he was in a decent position. He was the lead man on free choice of tyres, so you know, it's quite a good position to be in, really. Yeah, he did. He did a button. Button used to do that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Although, once again, well, as impressive as that is, you look at his teammate who qualified fifth, didn't he? Pinch yeah. of salt with that though, just because of the aero upgrades that he had. True. Oh, did I don't know. I don't know if you car. saw all the work on the floor. Yeah, a lot of work on the floor. Really interesting as well. One of those, mm. you know, one of those when you sort of nerding into F one like yeah. he can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of those where I watched them point out what was different and what was it was doing and stuff, and it was like, yeah, nice, ah, cool. And it was a, obviously a good place to have something like that at Silverstone. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. So I think that that didn't help Palmer's case, the fact that Hulkenberg did have some of those updates. But as far as I know, they're happy with them. So they'll be on both cars going forward. As soon as they can make the, the floor a second floor for Julian, he will get one. Yeah. So what, when do we think that will be? Yeah. Will that be in Hungary, would you say? Um, they, I'd not heard anything definite. I just heard them say that, you know, as long as they were happy with the updates, at the end of this weekend, they'd look at, bringing them to both cars um but it's just it's basically it's an entire new floor and it's all work around the front of the floor just as the air's coming into the side pods and then a lot round the back as well redirecting it differently Mm. around the rear wheel um and into the diffusers and things on the back so they've been well i mean quietly sort of steadily improving that car haven't they yeah season yeah sixth on the grid uh sixth the end of the race is damn impressive yeah and last car on the lead lap hulkenberg as well yeah, which appears to be our like new measure of success. We've been saying that <laughs> yeah. a lot. It's yeah, that new that new award that we've started giving out for some reason. <laughs> it makes you wonder where the Red Bull would be if they sorted that engine out, because the engine yeah. still is yeah. down in power, isn't it? I, I think we yeah. can probably guess where Red Bull would be if they sort 
if they had the same amount of power. Judging on recent performances by uh, Ricardo, probably probably fighting for the lead. Yeah, then again, I, I think they'd be up with the two of them at, at least challenging a little more. At the minute they're almost looking into things a little bit, I think they'd at least be challenging the top two a lot more. Yeah. Which is all the more impressive then that Hulkenberg was only seven tenths off Verstappen in qualifying. Mm. Oh wow, that is really impressive. Is am I right in saying though that the Renault that's in the Red Bull is practically the same it's, as what will be in the factory is, yeah. Renault anyway? So yeah, uh, Renault is like engine parity across all teams, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, so I, I suppose it makes sense that if the factory team can make some good aero leaps, they're probably going to start snapping at the heels of Red Bull a little bit. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, this is exactly why we said Hulkenberg went there in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd say so far, so good, Vim. Yeah. We just really, I really, really want Jolien to have a really good weekend next weekend, uh, next race, I should say. He, he, he really needs so it. desperately needs it. And I, I don't think, even I think at this stage in the season now, there's been, he's had so many sort of things out of his control go wrong with the mm, yeah definitely this is four retirements now or well three retirements and one did not start um in the space of however many races we're in what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten races nine nine ten, races yeah. ten we're around halfway aren't we it's nine yeah half, halfway through the season and he's had four retirements and He's, he's, he's had a it's been fairly respectable this last few races that he's finished since Monaco he's been Mr. 11th qualifying in 11th yeah, for Silverstone yeah. as well but again his problem is he keeps coming 11th but his teammate is finishing ahead of him in the points yeah, yeah. true true I just think if he can get it together and get himself a nice sort of solid weekend of uh, you know it's a solid run without any failures without any mishaps then it's just what he's going to need to get his confidence back up and get him back on the right level. Because that... I think that's it. That's what he needs, isn't it? He needs something just to give him a bit of a lift, confidence-wise. Like, I, it, and it could turn out to end up being a little bit like the Lance Stroll thing, where everyone was starting to knock Lance a bit and giving him a bit of a rough time. Then he's, he got himself his point in Canada, or was it two, whichever it was. He finished in the points in Canada, and then you know mm-hmm. suddenly what happened in Azerbaijan, and then. Yeah, Austria, you know, it just built up a little confidence and he seemed a much more confident, much more capable driver now. So you'd hope, fingers crossed, that maybe going into Hungary, if Palmer can sort that out, get get off the mark, it'll at least give him that kind of boost to have a good run in the back end of the season, especially if Renault as a team are still going to commit to updating like what they seem to be. Yeah. So. Mm. Mm. But yeah, yeah. we've not made it round to the grid yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> neither did Julian. <laughs> uh, yeah, on on the grid, um, which well, Palmer's incident caused an extra formation lap, didn't it? So they had to come back round again. And yeah. on returning to the grid for the second time, Vettel had uh, a, a literal brick drum fire, wasn't it? It yeah. was on fire. Uh, I was the, was it the left rear that was on fire or was it both of them? Uh, right rear, remember. I think right rear was right on rear. fire fully, but they were both smoking. But they, they always smoke, yeah. don't they? A lot of them. So yeah. I don't think it. Was... I think I think someone actually caught sight of flame though with that one. Yeah, it was Verstappen. Yeah. From what Verstappen I've heard on the Verstappen. radio was yeah. like 
uh, Vettel's on Sebastian's fire. Sebastian's on fire. On fire. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, Verstappen being Verstappen would have seen that and thought, I'm going to have you. I'm having him. Yeah, yeah, don't mind if I do. And, well, and he did. did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Went around the outside of him. Um, yeah, move around the outside. What turn is it now? It. It's in Village, isn't it? It's like four? turn three or four going on to the Wellington Straight. Four. Yeah. And then five's the kink onto the straight, isn't it? The left-hand kink. Yeah. Kink. I really struggle with this new, in inverted commas, layout of Silverstone <laughs> to recall like what number all the corners are because it's so cemented and ingrained in my brain from how the track used to be yeah. that I just find it impossible to adjust. <laughs> See, with Silverstone, I don't do too bad because of knowing corner names knowing corner names is a big help around Silverstone yeah, you can just but say then none of the teams use them they all use the numbers so then they'll say turn 8 and then you've got to kind of stop and think about which one is yeah. turn 8 it's and like, some of them count something as a corner and something else as not a corner and it's all a bit vague isn't it when you're listening to team radio yeah yeah um, so. yeah so that set them up for quite a a, a bit of a ding dong of a race yeah, was, yeah. Uh, which we did see later on as well it's like the came to fruition, <clears throat> didn't it? As soon as I saw Verstappen like going around the outside and putting himself in a decent position, you couldn't help thinking, "Well, that was nice. It's a shame something's going to break on his car in the next yeah. five laps." Like he's waiting for it to happen, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. There was some Red Bull esque bodywork damage, though, wasn't there? Not much further around the track. Yeah. Yes. Old Danny Kvyat in the wars again. Danny the torpedo Kvyat. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> um, not only is he taking somebody out he's taken out his teammate which is yeah. rule number one well it's not the f- mm. it's not the first time this season really is it because he, he he almost he would have gone into him in in um azerbaijan in baku in well done baku he did not yeah sort of spun yeah that's to avoid very him. true actually yeah so science got... had not been a albeit we said at the time you know science maybe overreacted a little bit but maybe, yeah. if he had not reacted at all that there'd have been another torpedo strike (laughs) yeah it was again it was messy wasn't I'm just watching it again now actually Um, the thing is is when we go back to it sort of real time I can remember saying to you oh no what is he doing and then you said that initially you thought that the drive through was maybe a bit harsh well the thing is they, they gave him a penalty for uh, rejoining the track in a dangerous That's manner it. or something. And it's like the way it happened, he didn't have much choice of how he was rejoining yeah. the track. And my my only opinion of why this they did it in the way that they did was just the fact that the way he went off, he kept his foot in and started ploughing straight back onto the track. It's yeah. very similar to what he did in Baku where it was, I've gone wide, I'm just going to keep my foot in this and get back on the track in front of as many people as I can. And yeah. to me, what he should have been doing is... Instead of putting his foot into it and turning right back onto the track, it should have been lifting off and albeit cutting the corner, but lifting off and and sort of using the escape tarmac to come yeah. back round and rejoin in the next corner in a safer manner off the racing line, unlike what he did. And I think that's why they gave him the penalty with the description that they yeah. did. You can you can see actually if you watch his steering wheel as he starts to well he sort of lifts to go into the corner. And he washes out onto the sort of grass. And mm. before he's even got all four wheels on, the rev lights all light up again. And he's back on the power, which yeah. is, yeah, he was clearly more interested in keeping the place than 
making sure there was nothing he was going to hit. Yeah, and it ne- I can't remember who it was, but it nearly ruined somebody else's race because as Sainz spun, his front wing clipped the rear of another car. It was, it was a Sauber. Magnussen. No, I think it's oh, Magnussen in the Haas. Was it Magnussen? Rightly. I think oh, so. Yeah, that was really close. That actually, that that was super, super, super dangerous. That that was literally at that place. It could have been because I mean, it was going mega fast. Magnuson yeah, it's, especially in these new cars. It's a yeah, it's, it's fast sequence there through Magnuson exactly. Beckett's. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially d- if you're Danny Kvyat and you don't lift. Yeah, c- c- I thought I thought it was a really, really silly move from Kvyat for the whole thing. I thought um, he was clumsy. If yeah, I, I think that's it. Like. There is this. He's got this clumsiness about him, which is sort of. It went away for a while after he sort of got demoted back down to Toro Rosso, and now it seems to be back with a vengeance. So yeah, he seems to be bumping into people all the time. I said it. I've said it before, and <clears throat> I'll say it again. He he is literally getting to Maldonado levels of having accidents now. He's he's getting there definitely, it's, especially yeah. this season. Yeah. Well, he he got two penalty points for hitting Alonso and in turn Verstappen um, in Austria, and he's got another two penalty points for this incident at Silverstone, uh, which puts him on nine, I believe. He is on nine. Yeah, that is right. Nine. Yeah. So um, yeah, he's three points away from an automatic one race ban, um, and unlike because Vettel was in that situation, but some of his points expired at Silverstone, didn't they? So he's now no longer. Yeah. Close. Yeah, basically, as long as he behaved in Austria, yeah, his <clears throat> points. I think it was either two or three points expired three, this I weekend. Think, yeah. Just gone. Yeah. Whereas so he's, he's got a little cushion now. Whereas Fiat yeah. has those nine points until uh, after the United States Grand Prix in October. So <laughs> he's he's got. <laughs> he's got a good few races in order to pick up a few more points. Hang on, let's just let's just pull up the calendar now. <laughs> let's just let's just see <clears> where we think he'll get his ban. Yeah. Oh, let's, yeah, let's do a little sweepstakes now. A little yeah. sweepstakes. Okay, here we go. I've got it. We've got we've got Hungary, Belgium. Italy, Singapore, Malaysia, oh. Japan. Oh. And then he only needs three points to pick up a three band, points. doesn't he? So that's I'd half say Malaysia. a point per race. <laughs> <laughs> Malaysia. See, I'm saying Singapore. That's What are we saying? Are we saying that's where he'll pick up the ban or that's where he'll serve the ban? That's where he will pick up the ban. I think a track like Singapore is primed for doing something clumsy. I think I'm saying Singapore. Be, I think it might be the next race. I think it might be Hungary. That's a tight, tight circuit, Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> That's like it's got to be something fairly serious, though, to warrant three points, hasn't it? It takes a lot to get three true. points in one. Yeah, but go. think of all the space that there is when you come out of Cops Corner. It's a tarmac runoff, and he still managed to get. Yeah, himself. I was about yeah. to say that. I was thinking how, like how tight many street circuit, but how many points has he got for Silverstone? Did he pick up three or two? Two points, two for Silverstone. Two. So if that if that's worth a two, I think that it'll take him two offences to. Yeah, you maybe you're right actually. I think he'll get two sets of two. So I'd say um, maybe he's going to do something stupid at Monza and then something stupid at Singapore. And or then he'll be banned for Malaysia. <laughs> he'll be banned at Malaysia. I mean, he could easily pull a Grosjean into turn one in Belgium as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've got. I just got a feeling that the Malaysian Grand Prix will not have a Danny Kvyat on the grid. That's my sweepstake call. Nice. Uh, my my call is going to be, he will be banned. 
he will he will get enough points to get his ban by the Belgian Grand Prix, and he will serve his ban in the Italian Grand Prix at the rate he's going. That's that's my opinion. So you really think he's going to pick up enough points in the next two races? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. You have little he... faith, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm saying Malaysia as well. I'm, I'm saying Belgium and Singapore are where he's going to do some things silly, and Malaysia will yeah. be his ban. Okay, interesting. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to write that down somewhere. I mean, we obviously yeah, hope he doesn't. Well, yeah, but no, nah, I want to. I want to. It's not that we want him to do it. It's that we just know he will. Yeah. <laughs> I I want so badly to be right about this that. <laughs> I do want him to pick up the points. <laughs> nah, I'm done messing And up. if anyone else listening has a prediction, feel free to yeah. tell yeah. us what you want in the sweepstake of the yeah. torpedo. Um, <laughs> so fi- final question, I guess, on, on Kvyat is, is it time for Kvyat to sort of make way for some of the other talent snapping at his heels? I think the way he's been driving this season that the talks of him getting his one-year extension should be seriously considered. Um, mm. When you've got people like Pierre Gasly or something that are well worthy of a at least a go in the car. Yeah, I... I'd like to see Gasly do some practice sessions or something and see if he's got potential. Yeah. And obviously if he has, maybe get him signed up for next season instead. Funny you should mention I... Gasly doing a practice session. I think he's doing a test at Hungary. Is that right? There you go. Yeah, there's a post-hungry test. The, the, I think he might be driving... Oh, there's one... Yeah, I think it's Gasly. Gasly's... Uh, I can't remember which one I read now. There's one of the young drivers who's really good anyway is driving for... I know Charles Leclerc is driving for Ferrari there. Yeah, that yes, might be which is, Yeah, That might be what I read. Which actually. is very exciting. Yeah, um, he's exciting. I'd love to see... He's so good. Yeah, he's... If I was going to say it's later, what we're talking about him, he won against Silverstone. He's now yep. won five races this season and holds a 67 point lead in the championship standings it's a lot in GP2 it's an all five well, it's not GP2 anymore is it yeah, F2, F2 sorry did, yeah. you, did you watch the first F2 race I didn't have a chance to see it unfortunately his engine looked like it blew up and he still won the race <laughs> not even kidding there was smoke there was smoke pouring out of the engine wow and he managed to hold on to the, to the lead and won and it's quite sort of midpoint in the race when the smoke started coming out and everyone was like oh Roland Roland's going to chase him down but it didn't happen it's it's mm. easy to get overexcited about young drivers doing stuff in F2 but he really does seem like the real deal yeah yeah and it's when you see somebody sort of winning with such conviction as well yeah you know like as I've said before, I watched Palmer for I think three years in GP2 when it was GP2, and he was always there or thereabouts, and he just finally got his opportunity at the title, and that kind of translates in his average grid positioning when he's not had any problems. If you see what I mean, you know, yeah. There's, there's definitely better, but there's also worse, and that sort of kind of let's say an average f2 or gp2 champion but when someone goes and wins it with like really considerable margins like what leclerc's doing at the minute you kind of start to think oh this guy's really got a chance which is why for those who don't watch f2 or anything it is why we seem like we big him up a lot but if you genuinely watch him in a race you you'll probably understand yeah. why it is it is akin like i've watched him come from the back of the grid the the race um 
earlier this season where he, he come from the back, very Daniel Ricciardo-esque, just carving through people yeah. on an alternate tyre strategy. Yeah, the and second just, race in Bahrain, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and... It's something like that that you watch someone like Daniel Ricciardo do and you think this is awesome, this is brilliant, but you've got to have that same appreciation for someone down at that level doing yeah. it as well. That reminded me of the race in Turkey where Hamilton went from really far, imagine, yeah. like the very back and he just beasted yeah. everyone. Yeah, that, that was a brilliant race as well. Um, so w- who would you like to see in that Toro Rosso seat if uh, Danny Kvyat was to go? <laughs> it's got to be Gasly, hasn't it? I'd say Gasly. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to yeah. agree with that. Um, but there could be potentially two seats. That's still up in the air, isn't it? That whole science. Yeah, thing. I've done it. Well, I don't know how much of that's fake news, though. Again. Um, well, again, this is also news I'll save for later, but we've kind of teed it up nicely, so I'll mention it now. Um, Christian Horner has said uh, Science has a contract with Red Bull, and there were two years left in that contract. We value him as an asset, and an asset has a value. So if there was desire for another team to have him or for him to go somewhere else, something that has a value has to have a price attached. Uh, if somebody was prepared to make an offer, we would, of course, consider it, but he would need to have significant value attached because we've invested in Carlos. Um, he also stressed that Ricardo and Verstappen were definitely staying and definitely have contracts. So basically, um, Ferrari, open up your wallet, show me what you He's got. kind of said if you want him, come and get him, hasn't he? Which is... But you've got to pay for him. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that tune would change if they did decide to get rid of Kvyat. Yes, because you'd kind of still want a science in the car, someone with decent experience within your programme. Yeah, then again, Sainz has sort of said he doesn't particularly want to be in that car next year anyway, mm. hasn't he? Mm. Well, it, it, the only thing is the, the Ferrari door, rumours are saying, is very slowly closing on everyone. Yeah. Because there was something Crofty brought up over the race weekend, which was that some news that had started circulating within Europe and I think more specifically French media, but it was the fact that allegedly Vettel has agreed a three-year deal with Ferrari on the basis that for next season he gets to partner with Raikkonen again because that's what he wants to do. Yeah. And then it doesn't matter thereafter. He's got two years where we'll probably get a new teammate. How much truth there is in that? Who is knows? Left yeah. I am... for others to decide. But I still think I... the most likely destination for signs is still uh, Renault replacing Palmer, to be honest. Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah, there's a good chance of that, I think. I think so. What about um, where would you think Verstappen might end up next season? Do you think he's definitely staying with? I think he'll stay. Or do you put, think that's? To be honest. Yeah, yeah. There's so much sort of crazy, crazy news. I mean, this has become becoming fast the silly season of all silly seasons to me it's because there's ramping so much up very nonsense quickly, isn't being it? spoken. Yeah, in a lot of places, it's hard to know what's true and what isn't, which is always the case often in Formula One. But particularly this time, it seems very. Uh, there's a lot of far-fetched stuff flying around, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. it seems like Vettel holds the keys to it all this season, though. Hmm. Yeah, especially if those, like I say, those rumours that... The thing is, for for some, for some, a massive broadcasting company like Sky to let David Croft give something like that airtime, I'd imagine there's at least some credibility behind it. I know the BBC of the years let Eddie Jordan say some very ridiculous things, yeah. but to be fair to Eddie Jordan, a lot of the time he ended up being right. One of the only things he's been wrong with in recent years is the Mercedes pulling out story that he was making up. They signed a new deal with Patronus recently that takes them until 2020, was it, I think? 
Uh, I believe it's 2020. It's it's about three years or something like that. But that's that's one of those scenarios where Eddie Jordan is trying to two and two and making ten because he's he's looking at it and thinking right, the Petronas contract's running out. We're losing Malaysia off the calendar. They're not going to want to keep sponsoring the car. They're a title sponsor. Where are Mercedes going to go? Let's just say they're going to pull out. And it's just it's something that's been built out of nothing. But it's it's all been. Poo pooed now, hasn't it? So gives him a platform, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's. I think that's part <clears throat> of it. Like a lot, of, and again, it's the same. I suppose we're getting a bit meter now, but like it's the same reason a lot of these sort of fake news stories pop up is just because people want a platform. People are trying to get likes and subscribes yeah. and all that good yeah. and it, I mean, it's sadly. Like all, and all the sort of constant noise about um, Baku for a week or two after that. And then the whole mm. <clears throat> Lewis not doing the London event thing, just making that into way bigger story than it was. Yeah. It's just yeah. you sort of have to switch off at some point, don't yeah. you? Yeah, <clears> they all they it... need something to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've not got to the end of lap one yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. Ricardo was pushed wide, wasn't he, going? Yes, uh, towards yeah. the end of the lap, uh, which was fair in a way. I think it was a little aggressive, but. I think so. He was trying to go down the outside. Yeah. Probably never going to pay off, I don't think. And he kind of washed out and went wide. Um, Yeah. Put him even. It basically caused him to lose any significant ground he'd made up at the start, unfortunately for him. Then you kind of back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. But as we've already established, he had a very good race to make up for that anyway. Um, The next real big talking point, though, was the fight between Verstappen and Vettel. Yes. Um,. Which it really came to a head around lap thirteen, which to me this was top notch racing. This is like yeah. what I pay to watch <clears throat> when I watch Formula One. It had been yeah. building for a few laps as well. You sort of, yeah. it was, I mean, uh, Verstappen's pace was incredible in that first stint. Mm-hmm. He was fastest man out there, I think, at one point, wasn't he? Until Hamilton started to uh, put his toe down a bit. Yeah, yeah. like Ham- Hamilton was kind of being a little leisurely about it while yeah, he had the opportunity with... to do so, but. Other than that, uh, Verstappen was probably the fastest guy out there. Um, and yeah, it all came to a head where Vettel managed to push Verstappen out wide. Yeah, they were going down, the, I think it was the hangar straight they were going down, and Vettel yeah. got yeah. down the right and down to down, it managed to get to the inside of uh, Verstappen to get to get past him. Um, Verstappen was having none of that and stayed just ahead, managed to sort of get alongside him for uh, the next turn and hang on no it was the other way around Verstappen Verstappen tried to run the outside of Vettel and Vettel pushed him out wide then he stayed there and when they got to the chicane Verstappen just nudged Vettel wide again yeah, Vettel, Vettel bouncing over the curbs yeah yeah Vettel wasn't happy about it but I think it was all pretty fair and to be honest I said this to you on the day Tom it was like that's the problem that I have with Vettel a lot of the time is that he he pushed somebody wide off the track. Then yeah. the next corner, someone did more or less the same thing to him, and he's straight on the radio moaning about it. It's like yeah. you yeah. can't have it both ways, Sebastian. You, that's if that's the way you're going to race, you've got to expect people to do the same thing to you. What I loved about that radio message was Verstappen's radio message immediately after that was like, "Well, if that's how he wants to race, then that's how we're going to race." Yeah. and it was all fine. Yeah. Like that, that that was all just perfectly good hard racing as far as i'm concerned I, yeah. I think the the quote that i really liked from verstappen was it was along the lines of um 
what is he doing? Trying to play bumper cars? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, yeah. that's that's got to be a little bit yeah. of a throwback to Baku, surely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, and it wasn't that long, though, until um, Vettel had a similar incident with Bottas, was it, later in the race? Yeah, it was, actually. So it was in the second stint, and it was later on, but... You know, it's pretty much a carbon copy move of pushing somebody out wide. Oh, that was Bottas trying to get round Vettel, though, for yeah. the P3. And he was pushing Bottas out. And Bottas, rather than doing the Verstappen thing, kind of backed out of it and just thought, well, I've got your next lap anyway. Yeah, yeah. DRS down the hangar straight, I've got you, mate. So knew- I'm, I'm not getting into anything I don't need to get into. Yeah, he knew his tyres were going. And um, yeah. he, even then, though, even while he was sort of, he was letting it, he sort of let he'd let that one go, but he was still always going to push him into the late braking that he did, and that's what forced Vettel. So I mean, this was the next big thing. This was the next big race. It's like late lap forty three. Mm. Um, they're fighting for P three. Um, Vettel locked up massively on his front, yeah, front yeah. left, um, and I think that is what's caused him the problems later on potentially well he he ended up pitting fairly early in his first stint in an attempt to get back past uh, Verstappen because it was the undercut for Verstappen wasn't it which did work ultimately it did work and get him out ahead but um, it's potentially what cost him in the long run yeah yeah. I did want to say as well, when that first battle that Vettel and Verstappen were having, when they were sort of, it went on for like two or three laps for them, Peter, didn't it? Mm. And the whole time they were dueling, you could just see Bottas, who'd started back in ninth, and he picked his way yeah. behind them, and he was just looming in the background, just gradually getting I was just, yeah, yeah. I was watching that, and I was just thinking, this might suddenly become a three-way fight I was praying for him to, I was really yeah. hoping that would happen. It yeah. didn't quite pan out, did it, unfortunately? No, unfortunately not. Mm. Uh, but yeah, in, in between those two incidents with Mr. Sebastian Vettel. We unfortunately lost Fernando Alonso, didn't we? Lap 36. Yeah. Fuel pump failure. What was it this time? Fuel pump Fuel failure. Fuel pump failure, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's a shame that he, uh, he actually was P1 in Q1. Oh, yes, we've got to just quickly throw back to that. I know we're talking race, but we've got to throw back. That was genius. <laughs> Do you not think? But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was brilliant. And the crowd loved it. Yeah, I, I love the audacity of it. For him to go, he's just about dry enough for reds. I'm, I want reds. He came in, got the super soft, and they said to him, you know, you're tight for time. He literally crossed the line, the lights went red, and he came on the radio and went, I'm pretty sure I'm okay, I'm pretty sure I'm okay, and then just <laughs> belted a <laughs> steaming lap. And... Oh, I wish I'd been there for Good that. On him. I, that. That's that's all I wish I was yeah. there for. Just that one lap. Just I bet he it. was grinning from ear to ear through that yeah. whole lap as well. And the thing is, as well, it just shows that through all the terrible stuff that's been going on, really, with that engine and all the trouble that he's had over this season, that is like a a small victory for him. But that's yeah, him totally. also still finding a way to almost enjoy his time in the car and still feel yeah, competitive in a car still, that is nowhere near where it should be. Clearly still yeah. just loves the thrill of driving F1 cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. In fact, it was nice seeing a lot of the drivers actually this weekend saying how much fun they were having just driving that circuit with these cars. Yeah. Mm. It makes me very excited for the next F1 game to come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> myself. It's really Not long fun. for that either. That's yeah. August, yeah. I think. They, Flat they through was... cops. Yeah, they were saying they yeah. were flat through cops, and then 
I suppose into maggots, there would have been probably flat through there. And then I think I Beckett's. think a lot of them were saying that maggots and Beckets they were able to stay relatively flat through the <laughs> opening part of that yeah. that series of corners. That's and then it's it's round into chapel, isn't it? Chapel's the big right. Yeah, first yeah. fourteen. Now, yeah, I have to see these cars there, like that. Yeah. The standing along the fence at the first turning for maggots is. Oh. Th- it's incredible anyway. I think it's but... the best place in the world to watch an F1 car because they come yeah. past you like a few feet away hitting the apex and then you see them going into the next left-hander directly from behind so you see the change of direction and yeah, these cars through there will just be something else. Yeah, they look We've like got to go next year. Yeah, yeah. They, they look like giant-sized scale-electric cars because yeah, there's, they're just there's planted. so much grip. Yeah, they're yeah. so planted, it's amazing. Unless your name's Danny Kvyat. <laughs> yeah, which they're planted in the side of your teammates' car. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, so uh, just you mentioned uh, flat through cops as well. Just back then, there's a move that we've not discussed, which I'm sure yes. will come up a little bit later. Which was Danny Rick up the inside of um, K Mag. Yeah, yes, pretty much flat through cops. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, that oh. was a, that was a that's, mega mega move. He put a lot of faith in Magnussen. Yeah, so. that's not a place that you you really try and do that normally, is it? And like you say, you've got it's, you've got to kind of trust the guy you're going up against in that scenario. Yeah. I think Absolutely. regardless of how much yeah. faster your he, car may be, he got it really right because he was far enough ahead of him as they got to the yeah. end, to the to the turn in point that there wasn't really much Magnussen could have done. But being on the inside, it would have been easy to sort of back out of it and for that fight to continue yeah. around the track a bit further on but he just nailed it didn't he it was such a good yeah. such a good bit of racing yeah uh, and then jumping ahead a little bit um, the next sort of big talking point really was Raikkonen's tyre failure I think really yeah front left came out of nowhere mm. didn't it yeah it, <laughs> absolutely no warning you just to... sort of saw him slowing, and then as you saw him slowing, you could kind of see the tyre starting to delaminate a little, and then it just it went, didn't it? And it just yeah, started it's tearing itself apart. Bits at that everywhere, point. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. that caused him to obviously have to pit, which sort of forced the hand of Red Bull because Max was potentially on the verge of something similar, so they brought Verstappen in for for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, funnily enough, the other red car had yeah. an identical issue. Hmm. Well, that's the weird thing. It wasn't identical. Oh, was it not? So, uh, Raikkonen had a delamination, which hmm. I think is why he didn't lose. Or that, you know, he still made it onto the podium even though he had to piss. He only basically lost yeah. second. Whereas Vettel actually had a, a blowout, like a full failure. So, he's been lapped back to the pits took a long time. Hence him dropping down to seventh or whatever. Um, the, so Pirelli seem, from what I read, they seem to think it's two unrelated issues. Have they managed to dissect and understand the issue with Vettel's yet? I know that they said that they might not be able to because there was basically none of it left. But they do kind of do a lot of forensic work on they on do, these yeah. tires, don't they? Try and work out what's happened with them. So I don't know if we'd heard anything or anything like that. They don't seem to have said anything. Um... I think at this point they're probably in transit on the way back to the uh, yeah to the factory. For, uh, There's potential though as well that you know there were a couple of um, 
there were a couple of areas of the track that were littered with bits of Raikkonen's front wing and stuff and and and, and barge yeah. boards and what have you because his delamination was just snapping bits off so yeah it's quite plausible that he's just hit a sharp piece of carbon fiber and he then locked up going into Luffield, didn't he and yeah. kind of just went straight on and the tire yeah so they said him. that the the carcass remained inflated on Raikkonen's tire um so they're investigating sort of what's left of that to try and figure it out whereas uh Vettel suffered a puncture and they are investigating whether as you said Stu he had that giant lockup he had was a mm. a factor in it i mean it kind of helped cuz it was long old stint status as well wasn't it yeah, um, yeah yeah it makes you wonder if they've done they've, it's not the first time they've tried to push tires too far and fallen cropper to him is it so yeah um, and they both had, from what I noticed during the race, was a, a horrible line of blistering down, yeah, oh yeah. The, down the left front, both of them. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and even Hamilton said yeah. he was having um, some some blisters forming on his tires, and that he, on, one, yeah. once these two had this these issues with their tires, he slowed down to sixty percent throttle for the range yeah. of the race, yeah. and lost about four seconds a lap to. Uh, yeah. Just to, to preserve it. Yeah, that was to Bottas behind him, just to just to get himself to make sure he sealed that deal yeah. and got the win. Which, which brings us to that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, those 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 two issues happened for uh, Vettel and and Raikkonen, and the crowd went wild, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, They'll, more more so definitely with the um, the Vettel one. Yeah, interesting actually. Bottas started on the softs uh, and his stint on the softs was exactly the same number of laps as Vettel's was before he's failed. Mm, um, there you go, then. Whereas Hamilton did almost 50-50, actually. He did 25 on super soft, uh, 26 on softs. So, yeah, it's, I don't I mean, think Hamilton was pushing the tyres anywhere near as hard no, as not at all. circuit, though. Other than that little phase where he decided he wanted fastest lap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was about it. Grand Slam. That's his yeah, fifth one in his career, yeah. I do believe. Only man to have won five Grand Prix at Silverstone, I believe. He equals, I think it's Jim Clark and... Am I right in saying, though, they else. have won five British ah, yes. GPs, but not right. all at Silverstone. He's the only one to do it all at Silverstone. Yeah. If my memory's correct. Yes. Um, I mean, it was, it was never in doubt, was it, really? No. Um, I think that it is one of those tracks where... It's a little like when you go to Canada. I always expect Hamilton to be up yeah. there at Canada, and whenever we come round to Silverstone, I always expect him to be there or thereabouts there as well. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that drivers have tracks that they like, don't they? And tracks yeah. that they enjoy, and it always helps. Mm. So. Um, and given Vettel's issues, it's uh, close the championship up quite a bit. Yeah, single uh, point in it. One point. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's a big swing back in Hamilton's favour. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it, Bottas the is within it, a win now as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 real beauty of it for me is that we're at the halfway, we are now officially halfway through the season and there is one point. Yeah. Which, How yeah. cool is that? Which kind of feels fair given the half a season we've had really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it feels about right, doesn't it? Yeah. But it, what this yeah. this season is already shaping up to be one for the history books you know it's just gonna be, yeah it, yeah there's been enough incident already to to easily 
have stories for decades about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we will be talking about this season, I think, for many years to come. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's just nice to have different coloured cars fighting each other, isn't it? That's Well, yeah, it's yeah. just so long since we've had that. Mm. For in this fashion at least anyway and the great thing is this is the first season of this formula this area formula as well yeah so yeah. we could be in line for uh, you know next season if the other teams can get it together we they only ever get closer and closer together so yeah it's true actually if this is the first season and we've already got this then think how great the next few years are going to be for formula one it's going to be fantastic hopefully yeah. hopefully touch wood fingers crossed mm. with a bit of luck yeah. So shall we just run down the top ten really quick just to finish off the sure? Yeah, because we've not officially said where anyone finished really, have we? Other no. than <laughs> Hamilton and Hulkenberg, but yeah, Ham- Hamilton took the win, uh, closely followed by teammate Bottas, but mainly just because Hamilton slowed up for the rest <laughs> of the uh, for the last few laps of the race. Uh, you then got Raikkonen picking up a podium despite the tire issues because Verstappen also had to pit. Uh, taking fourth, Ricardo worked his way all the way back up to fifth, taking Hulkenberg. Was it on the last lap? I believe that he took Hulkenberg. For yeah, fifth. he did. Yeah, he did. That was the final yeah. lap. Um, Hulkenberg sixth, as we've said, was the last car on the lead lap. Um, and then you had uh, Vettel in seventh, Ocon, Perez uh, for another double points finish for Force India, yep. and then Felipe Massa would round out the top ten. Van Dorn again, another 11th. Van Dorn is the other 11th man, isn't he? He's had a few of those. Yeah, he's had a few. Mm. Mm. <sighs> it's a shame yeah. that McLaren's just out of it, isn't it? I don't, I, it's so easy to keep going it, on about McLaren. but it, He had a good qualifying, though. He did have a good qualifying session in the, in the changing conditions of Q1. And then, well, he took it all the way to Q3 and, and put in a decent time in Q3 as well. Yeah, he qualified so, ninth. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not it's not too shabby, really. Yeah, I wonder what happened to Alonso in qualifying because he's he's been on top of Van Dorn for most he of the He hit a lot of traffic um as far as I'm aware. The at the point that he went out, he got just landed in a sea of traffic of people either on the way in, on the way out or already on laps and he just hit a a minefield mm. uh, and there was a radio message as it came in at the end of the session just saying like sorry that was a mess yeah. Fernando it's our fault so just directly admitting that they put him out in the wrong place at the wrong time I so su- it just seemed to hinder him quite a bit by the sounds of it I suppose it made very little difference to the outcome of qualifying for Alonso anyway because he did true. 30 place very true, yeah. for true. new power unit elements mm. I did like that when um, I think it was yeah, it was on Channel 4 Gridwalk. Uh, they bumped into Jensen and uh, asked him what uh, strategy he had dreamed up for Alonso from the back. And he made some joke about deciding between a four and a five stop strategy. Um, <laughs> so then they chased down Alonso to see what they thought of Jensen's strategy. And Alonso said, oh, I'm just going to follow uh, whatever Ricardo does. I'm just going to follow him through the pack as he goes through. <laughs> and then within a lap, um, he was past Ricardo anyway, so it didn't quite pan out. <laughs> Just, uh, I suppose, a little side note, actually. You mentioned grid walks. Just a, a little shout-out to Martin Brundle, who yes. fell ill during yeah, he, the Grand Prix event itself. I found out what it was. Um, yeah. It was a stomach virus. Right. Yes, that, um, he, in fact, it? he tweeted a few hours ago, 
Uh, apologies at Mercedes. As you crafted a glorious one-two yesterday, I was vomiting in your hospitality unit. Or the guests <laughs> look happier. Oh, dear. So it seems like he's okay. He was just yeah, throwing yeah. up a bit. Get well soon, Martin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you said Duress did a decent job of stepping in, didn't you? Yeah, I thought he did. Um, especially at such short notice. I know he's used to it because he does the free practice sessions and what have you, but you know, to sit with the action of a race and have to deal with that at such short yeah. notice, I think he did a decent job. Nice. Mm. <clears> big, <throat> big boots to fill as well. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Indeed. While we're talking uh, commentators and stuff, uh, Jensen was doing little bits of uh, <clears throat> punditry here and there on Channel 4 yeah. and just was kind of cocking about the whole time and having a laugh, which is exactly what you want from Jensen. So that was yeah. that was fairly entertaining. He told Natalie Pinkham that she's got an easy job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think he's got the easiest uh, job yeah. at the minute, hasn't and he? Just lying around, around doing yeah. nothing, waiting for a McLaren call. She sort of looked <laughs> slightly annoyed and shrugged it off <laughs> and then yeah. sort of made him go away, <laughs> which is quite funny. I also appreciated um, him at the podium interviews letting Owen Wilson ask one question, then just be like, mm, "Yeah, I've got this. I'm not going to let you ask anything." Else. Yeah, I was <laughs> just it took was over. a bit weird that they sent both of them up, but yeah, yeah. that was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, drive of the day, gentlemen. Um, other than the obvious candidate, which I think we're all going to say anyway, um, Bottas probably worth a nod. Ninth up to second. Uh, mm-hmm. He. Yeah, him passing uh, Vettel was pretty impressive. Really sort of stamped a bit of authority down there. Um, yeah. So that was a decent drive. Hulkenberg to f- hold sixth place. Mm. Pretty decent. With with problems as well. I can't remember exactly what they were, but he, he yeah, had some Yeah, he was having um, <clears throat> electrical uh, issues, wasn't he? He was uh, losing electrical, kind, yeah, um, yeah derating, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd agree with Chris on both of the. I suppose once again, just like Azerbaijan, um, Ricardo and Bottas were the two sort of stars, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, like for, for me, I, I don't know if he actually got the official vote. I hope he did, but for me, it was question, Danny Rick to to come through the pack the way he did. He was just carving people up, um, and although he might have not got that high up the finishing order with a fifth place I think a fifth from the back is pretty good yeah it's a really good job really good job he's he's having a great season Danny Ricciardo yeah he just really needs is, to yeah. actually start higher up the grid in the first place if he can master starting from the top five he'll probably finish to well, it was his, there a little more often just to his credit he qualified in where did he qualify Oh, oh, he didn't actually he didn't because qualify of the did issue. because of his yeah. issue. Yeah, he, he, he was actually running first for a, a time in Q1 um, yeah. and sort of was the first out to set a decent lap time in the in the wet yeah. conditions and then it dried out in Q1 and Alonso, of it, the, t- the time started to tumble. Actually, a really, really exciting session, Q1. Um, yeah. And yeah, it was a five-race five race grid penalty. Uh, Five place grid penalty hmm. for an unscheduled gearbox change and a ten place grid penalty for the use of additional power unit elements. That I can confirm anyway. that Dan Ricardo did get the official driver of the day. Good, and I think he gets ours as well, doesn't he? Um, he, he definitely gets gets my vote. For that yeah, one. he gets mine. Yeah, I think we can be unanimous on that one for yep. a change. Yeah, uh, move of the day. 
there's the Danny Rick one you mentioned uh, mm. on Wizzy Magnuson through Cops was damn impressive. Yeah. Uh, but I think uh, Vettel and Verstappen battling was probably the highlight for me. Yeah, it's a tough call for me between the two. Um, the The Danny Rick move was a good one and an interesting one because it's not a normal place to do it and as we said earlier it takes a lot of faith in the other guy yeah. but I think I urge more to the Max and Sebastian battle just because it was proper wheel to wheel racing where other drivers wouldn't have dared put themselves in that position no. or if they had the other guy wouldn't have given them as much respect and they'd have been contact and stuff so I think it was just a great move between the two of them even if it did annoy Vettel a little bit yeah the second half um, I think I would say that I'd give it to both of them for the sort of like you say a bit of respect and the decent racing and everything and then because yeah. Vettel moaned about it I would take it back off Vettel so yeah so it's, so it's Max's <laughs> yeah. yeah you've taught Fair yourself enough. out of that one Sebastian <laughs> yeah I, I again I agree with Chris on that one not to copy yeah. Chris constantly but yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's the, 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 the hardest racing that I've seen I think all season but fair, hard, but yeah. fair, and um, yeah, loved it. So Max Verstappen's my move of the day. Yep, or def- it's defensive move of the day, really, wasn't it? So that you can't copy Chris again. Yeah. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? You can answer this first. Excellent, because mine is. I already know that mine is going to be different from both of yours, and mine, mine is to Renault for the hydraulic failure. On uh, oh, on okay. on Palmer's car because yeah, what I mean, what happens overnight after you've qualified to the car for there to be it, for the car to be fine during qualifying and then oh hydraulic failure. Well, yeah, it's in park Fermi conditions, isn't it? You can't touch it. So. Yeah. yeah. So what have they done to that car? Apparently, between it only had in the race. Only had half a lap more in it. Apparently. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's uh, home race do, as well. It's if it's because it, it was a hydraulic leak. How does it? How do they send it out? Not knowing that there's a hydraulic, yeah. sure when they yeah. fire it up, like they can see that there's a problem with it. And he so, does. You do a couple of install laps on your way to the yeah, grid, don't you? Yeah. So, but it's, mm. I suppose there are obviously the complex machines, and if they're doing a couple of install laps, then things, if they've not been screwed on properly, can come loose. And obviously, there's all kinds of factors play into these things. They're like, you know, there's such thousands of moving components that make up a Formula One car, and any of those can go wrong. But but it's their job to make sure they don't. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. There's twenty other. There's nineteen other cars on the grid, and they all managed to get round to the grid without blowing up. So, yeah, that's that's my one. It's very fair. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Kvyat for me, hasn't it? Not only it's did same he for me. crash on lap one, he crashed into his teammate and took him out. Mm. It's and it sounds like as well he had the cheek to um, be a little bit. Effie and Jeffy down the radio to the stewards again for his penalty. It's like yeah, he's, he's, he's got to stop doing that as well. He wasn't best pleased about it. More yeah, potential I'd... for for penalty points, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is it. This is this is where he needs to be careful because the thing is, is the more he, he f's and Jeffs when he gets a penalty, the more likely they are to just go, well, have another one then. <laughs> yeah. Just give him another. You know what I mean? He's just he's digging himself a hole. So, yeah, it's him for me. Him for me. Yeah, me too. Cool. Yeah. Um, a couple more stats before we move on. 
Yeah. Yep. Um, love a stat. Uh, fastest pit stop once again, Williams. Um, two point zero two seconds, which is the fastest there has been so far with the new uh, tires, which is damn impressive. Cool. They're almost back down to sub two seconds again, which is yeah. I mean, I remember the first time they did a sub two second, and it was mind blowing. But the fact they're nearly there now with bigger, heavier tires is yeah, very impressive. Um. And then we had a total of 56 overtakes, uh, 21 of which were with DRS. Again, sort of fitting the bill for uh, how the rest of the season seems to be going with that sort of thing. Yeah. Which is good. And I think that's all I've got for you. That's some good stats, though. Yeah, great stats. Love them. Love a stat. Love a stat. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose the only other talking point or the, the only considerable talking point from the weekend really was the fact that uh, the BRDC have decided to initiate their release clause from the contract they have with F1 uh, for hosting the British Grand Prix, which means as it stands at the moment, the last British Grand Prix, at Silverstone at least, will be 2019, unless a new contract's agreed. Yeah. So, just to see what people are sort of listening to the show and things thought, we decided to open a poll when the news broke. And the question we asked was what should be done about the British Grand Prix long term for F1? Where should it be in the future? So, the options were Silverstone, the London streets, scrap it, we don't need it, (laughs) or other. And Interestingly, 49% of people said they wanted to keep Silverstone, but there was a a bigger number than I expected of 39% yeah, saying that's London surprising. streets. I was it quite was, surprised by yeah. that. I mean, I don't know how much of that being off the back of there being F1 cars on the streets in London. Yeah, true. Um, which Poss- was... <laughs> quite possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it was incredibly cool to see F1 cars driving awesome. around the streets. Yeah. Oh, don't. I missed it. Please don't. I um, yeah, I didn't see it in person, sadly. Um, I mean, the the thing is, they were driving around Trafalgar Square and Whitehall. We will never get a race around there. That That's never nah. going to happen. If we have a London street race, it will be in the Docklands somewhere. Yeah, or, yeah it's not It's not going to be glamorous, is it? No. Yeah. I mean, well, they were having to like drive between like bollards and crossings and all sorts. They're not going to rip all that out. It's, it's definitely not going to be around yeah. there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that that many people were. I mean, my f- personal feeling is that Silverstone is it's it's been there. It's always been there, hasn't it? I mean, it was the very first race. official yeah. Formula One race, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like when it became Formula One racing. Then that it's was the was it very much the home of motorsport in Britain, which is a huge yeah. industry. Like the vast majority of teams are based near there. Well, there were some interesting comments that came out of the poll and then one very big question, which I'll put to you both, and we can use that as like kind of the little talking point for this segment, if you like. This is sort of officially in box, 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 which I've still not done a jingle for. Yeah. <laughs> it's officially that, but unofficially that at the same time. But uh, Dan Hart from Ready Steady Cut said, uh, they need to find a new location entirely in the UK by the sounds of things. The Silverstone contract was atrociously unfair. Um mm. I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, I agree it with it being really a problem. Signed it. Yeah. They shouldn't have signed it yeah, if, if, it, was that if it was so unfair. Don't sign it, exactly. But I think so. a, a new location in Thailand, the UK, 
no, 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 no. That like you, there's a, there's only so many places where you can run Formula One cars anyway. That well, they tried the they tried to do Donington and they yeah. it went terribly and they ran out Ruined of money it. and left half of Donington mm-hmm. looking like a building site. There was yeah. that circuit of Wales that's clearly just died of death now. The only yeah. other option is a street race. I think that would be I the think, only way you'd be able to go realistically. Yeah. I don't think there's another facility to the standard of Silverstone that could host a Grand Prix weekend. I think not without serious no. investment. I think give us a street race around Birmingham. <laughs> it happened before, did it? Yeah, there's been a. Hang on, I'm just going to do a quick bit of googling. If you're telling me there was a street race around Birmingham, there was. <clears throat> what kind? An of official F1, not an F1 race. I believe it was a non. Oh, one of those event. non-championship event things. And uh, is- no, the the Halfords Birmingham Super Prix was an mm-hmm. event held in Street Six in Birmingham from oh wow, it was multi-year from 1986 to 1990. Uh, until 1990, the principal event was a round of the Formula 3000 Championship, but support races included wow. British Touring Car Championship and Formula Ford, as well as sports car racing. That is awesome. Showing our youth there that we don't yeah, know. Yeah, really that, are. I'm afraid. The, I bet the there's people fuming that we don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Sorry. <laughs> I only know about it because of when I used to play R Factor on my old PC, <clears throat> and you could just go online and download tracks. I was scrolling through the tracks to download one day. It's like, Birmingham? What's that <laughs> all about? And did a bit of Googling. Wow. Wow. Good Very knowledge, cool. Chris. Great knowledge. Yeah, good, good knowledge. It was yeah. an atrociously bad track. <laughs> I think the um, I think the pit lane was like the forecourt of a car dealership. <laughs> nice. Probably a Halfords. <laughs> um, Kevin Friday also said, um, "Look who's going to fund a race in London? Would that be us, the taxpayer? Because if so, I want Silverstone to stay." <laughs> it's an interesting one. Um, it's not yeah. a cheap thing to do. Um, the, I mean, the British government have never put money into motorsport no. at all. No. Uh, I think it would need some private people to come in and spend the money to do that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, Rad Live said, spend some money and get Donington up to scratch and have it there. Oh, I mean, they tried it. Well, yeah, like, like before. <laughs> it has been tried. <laughs> nah, sorry, mate. <laughs> I, love, I love Stu's just, nope. <laughs> no, I mean. Um, and I'm hoping I'm saying this right, but Jerome and Lampe said, why not both? Silverstone and a street race. Well, it was, I think you said a few weeks ago, didn't you, Tom? Why not alternate them? Yeah, or yeah. that, yeah, or alternate. Yeah. You know, help, help. That was my solution to maybe helping ease the cost on Silverstone was to alternate between a street race one year and then Silverstone the other in a little bit similar way to what the two German yeah. circuits used to do. Sorry, am I missing something here? How How is it that... How many? What's the capacity? What? How many people show up at Silverstone to watch a Grand Prix? Right. Don't don't even start me on this because <laughs> this 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 really has been grinding my gears this week. Do it. They they get they get somewhere in the region of one hundred twenty thousand people at Silverstone right. over the course of a race weekend. The minimum people are paying, as far as I know, for a race weekend at eight seven, six seventy eighty pounds. Yeah. Qualifying tickets. You're paying three four times that depending on where you're sitting for a race. That's 
God knows how much money coming in and they will turn around and say, oh, yeah, but we've still not got enough money to make it work. They're making three times any other circuit makes in revenue and apparently they they still can't afford to deal with the contract. And I'll guarantee their contracts are nowhere near as high as some of the more out there places hosting a race like the likes of Azerbaijan because yeah. what you know they they must be paying a fortune to host that because there's no other reason for it to be there. Yeah. So how many how many did we say over a weekend show up at Silverstone? How many uh, I believe the figures are around 120,000, I believe. So 120,000. Right. And let's say on average a ticket co- on average the average price of a ticket would be probably in the region of about... Let's say £250 because yeah, you've got conservative some a lot more and some are just going to be... Yeah. Yep, so um, I've just done that wrong. 120,000 times 250. That works out at £30 million. Exactly. And and the the race costs them £17 million. That's next year. It's going to cost them £17 million. So what are they doing... With thirty, like this, this is why I said don't get me started on it. What they're doing with thirteen million? Where, well, where I mean, is that going? So my my initial reaction when all this started breaking was, <laughs> what a terrible shame! Like they're being bled dry. It's classic Bernie and the old guard just putting profit over everything else. And the more we've seen the way this pans out, the BRDC just don't look good. They're not coming out of this well. Like, no, they're not. Why did they ever sign this deal? Anyone could tell that this was never going to pan out. Mm. It's... I'll tell you why they signed it. Because there was a break clause in it. <laughs> That's why. Well, yeah. <laughs> and now they've yeah, activated maybe. that break clause. Maybe. They, they, put, they clearly put having the Grand Prix there as their primary concern. And actually being able to afford the contract was secondary to that, I think. Okay, mm. maybe the, maybe there's more to this then. Maybe a big source of their income from the year comes from having the Formula One race, and maybe they make a loss at other events, so they need the Formula One in order to potentially. Make it but money. then, then shouldn't they be managing the other events better? Because it's not like touring cars is unpopular when the touring cars go there. It's not like the WEC is unpopular when that goes there, and they're both cheap events as well. Yeah, well, not and only that. Is- that's not all they do as a business. They run other things there as well. There's a well, yeah, college there. Yeah. Um, then again, are they paying massive fees to host things like British touring cars? And I mean, they're doing World Rallycross soon. Even World Endurance Championship. I can't see them having to pay their millions just for the uh, yeah, exactly pleasure of hosting it. Seems. A bit back- it's a, it seems a bit backwards to me. It's a mess. The, surely, the, the surely thing Formula is, One should be paying Silverstone for the use of the facilities. Mm, <laughs> That's you'd you'd expect it, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would expect it. But it, it's a weird one. But the thing for me, it just comes down to: while ever the BRDC are going to sit and play the victim and say it's too expensive, we can't afford to do it, they're charging us too much. Unless they sit there and go, right, here's our figures through the year, and this is why we can't afford it. People like me are going to be critical of why they can't afford it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if I phoned you know, my mortgage company up and said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to break out of my mortgage because I can't afford to keep paying this fee because other things cost me too much, they go, well, we'll have your house back then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, in the real world, you can't just yeah. like go, oh, no, we can't afford this anymore. Oh, it's is, not working for me. Is that why my mortgage was, was rejected? Because I wanted to charge them for the privilege <laughs> of giving me a mortgage. That was you it. You know what I mean. That was <laughs> it. 
But yeah, it's the the other thing as well is that uh, Liberty apparently said we will take all the running costs out of the British Grand Prix for you, and we will fund the entire event when we roll into town. But in exchange for doing so, we'd like three weeks of the circuit time uh, per year. And apparently the BRDC turned that down. So again, it's just a hole that they're digging for themselves. It all seems very silly. Mm. Mm. Um, I don't ask Craig's question now. Oh, I'll go for it. Because Craig Mitchell sent us a question earlier this week. But he said, basically, just do you think that the government should be helping to fund something like this, like other countries do? Main reason being that so many teams are based here that might potentially uproot if there's nothing happening in Britain in terms of F1. And would the job losses and tax and so on actually outweigh what it would cost the government that's to a really good host question. it? That's a really it's, good question. I think that's the, that's the valid point for getting the government to step now, in, is the job loss and the tax and the revenue and everything that comes into the country, there would potentially I, be no, a well, huge loss. I don't agree. I don't, I don't believe that there would be job losses because do you know how expensive it is to build a wind tunnel? No, I've never tried. <laughs> mega, mega. I don't, I don't know the exact figures, but I would say mega expensive. And you say if that. If you want to up, uproot all that and move it to another country just because you don't have a Grand Prix in that country, I don't think that would happen. You say that, though. I mean, it was a number of years prior, so, you know, it's not completely comparable, but it basically happened in France. The French motorsport industry is negligible these days well that's why they came back to Ensto isn't it yeah and even, yeah, even Renault are based in the UK like after yeah, France Enstone. lost its Grand Prix the French motorsport industry just collapsed there's no, next to nothing there anymore mm. I mean like like we have that area around Silverstone where there's like a cluster of motorsport teams there used well, to be a it. similar I mean, area in France and it's just not there anymore yeah but th- there's, there was no, I mean in the modern times though that th- there's never been that many French Formula 1 teams has there in, in, in like since, since even when we had the last French Grand Prix at Magny Corps, at that point, how many French Formula One teams were there? There was Renault. no, it's true, but it, I mean, there was definitely a big industry there, though. Um, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not denying that, but I, I just don't see how. I mean, I think we've probably got a few more motorsport-oriented teams because a lot of GP2 teams in this base in this country as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just I just don't believe that we'd that we'd lose all that. I don't believe that they'd relocate. Even blooming Haas are half based over here, so why would they just? I don't understand why they'd move. What? Where's the logic in spending all that money to move when you need to spend all your money on your car to make it go fast? And and all your staff are already here as well. All it, those relationships it, for a business that'd be a terrible 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 idea it'd be interesting what the appeal of being at silverstone actually is because that's where they all are they're not just in the uk are they they're all in that sort of hub area yeah i mean in and around i think that big field i think part of it is that a lot of the people who work in that industry all live around there so if you want to poach new staff they're already live near you i think Mm. also a lot of suppliers to motorsport teams are in the same area as well like when you're buying your your brakes and your spark plugs and your whatnot you're buying them from down the road you're not shipping them halfway across the world yeah Um, interestingly there have been 11 french formula one teams in history so they're stew compared to 10 (laughs) german teams which surprised me oh wow and oh, ten German teams and many British teams. I'm still scrolling down the list of British teams. 
Yeah. So Ten you know, there's a point there, but also the thing is though that the government will never fund motorsport no, because it still has the image of being a plaything for rich people, and it, whether it economically makes sense or not, no government is going to want to be the people seen to be giving money to a sport um, that basically people. exists to sell Rolexes. Yeah, un- unless they are a government of rich people. Even then. Such as Abu Dhabi. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Or the Tory In a place like that, what? no one's going <laughs> to... I'm going to bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> Even they never will, though. Never happen. No. Well... Don't know. Give it, a few, give it a few years. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, should we do? Should we do predictions yeah. or something to get away Let's, from the anger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shall I? I've Let's got a couple that. more news story tabs open. Do you want me to just quickly rattle through them? You, you quickly do them. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought there's a couple of interesting things here. Um, Total Wolf has said retaining Bottas is almost a no-brainer now. Um, he basically <laughs> said twenty-eight. Yeah. He basically said 2019 and 2020 are going to be the really interesting choices, but he's pretty confident next year things are going to be fairly stable with the top teams. No brain required for that. Yep. Uh, In the world of Formula E, um, it was the New York Epri. Two of them, in fact, on Saturday and Sunday. Sam Bird won both of them. Oh, what? Uh, I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you just spoiler alert <laughs> uh, he still said he had very mixed feelings because in order to go to New York he uh, had to give up his seat in the Ferrari uh, GT in World Endurance oh, Championship of course half of them were missing weren't they so yes. it's not that and oh. uh, Sambo's teammates won that race um, what? so he has very mixed feelings about missing out on a WEC win but also having two back to back Formula E wins do you have a list of who was missing from Formula E because of this world endurance race? I don't exactly. I know Sebastian Buemi was. Yep. Um, so that's an interesting thing as well. Sebastian Buemi's seat was taken by one Pierre Gasly, who we've already talked about. Ah, yes, yes, yes. yes. Who finished uh, seventh in the first race and I believe fourth or fifth in the second race. That's a good uh, one. Both times finishing ahead of teammate Nico Prost, which is very Hang impressive. On, oh, wow. Hang that's on. really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Formula E is a great place to do comparisons, and I think based on that, he, I would definitely say he is. Yeah, I'd be interested to see him do it with the full grid when. Yeah. All the guys from World Endurance are back there, but yeah, I think he's better. Uh, Sorry, Bruno. <laughs> The only other point of note there is that uh, this was obviously Lucas Degrassi's chance to close up the championship with Buemi being away from both races. Uh, Degrassi finished off the podium in both races. He finished fourth and fifth, um, which means Buemi's lead is now only 10 points going into the final two races in Montreal. So that should be a interesting end to the season. Although I think Buemi's probably going to win both those races because that's kind of what he does this season. Uh, and last little thing speaking of Formula E uh, Felix Rosenquist who we are big fans of is going Mm -hmm. to be having another uh, Genasi IndyCar test ooh uh, with a view to maybe going over there sometime which would be a shame I don't want him to disappear after IndyCar yeah I hope he doesn't go like on a permanent basis yeah it's, it's kind of all just a bit vague at the moment but they seem quite keen on him so have you guys watched much IndyCar since the, the Indy 500? 
I've watched precisely zero minutes <laughs> of it. <laughs> I've watched little a couple of bits of street race side of it. I've actually watched more support races for IndyCar than I've had. <laughs> you were watching what? the MX fives or something the yeah, other day, the weren't MX5s, you? Man, you linked they're... me to the oh, you linked really? MX fives. To be brutal, to be brutally honest, I sat and watched that at the it same was time. Good. You, you you linked at me and went yes, and I was like, I love this modern they're age, so... and just sat and watched some MX fives yeah. for a bit. They're so good because they're, they're proper. They're like like mini touring cars, really. Yeah, they're brilliant. Anyone anyone listening, go and listen to uh, this. Is gonna be my my plug for the week. Um, in the UK, you can people race old MX like Mark One MX fives and it's one of the tightest hardest fought championships in motor racing in the UK and it is absolutely brilliant. So if you ever get an opportunity to go to one of those races, go because they're awesome. Do you know the name of the series? It's the MA five DA championship. There you go. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I mean it's visually it looks a lot better as a logo than it than it is spoken. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's yeah, it's awesome. Oh, Check it's it. Mazda with a five <clears throat> in it. That's right. <laughs> I just, I, I, it just clicked. It's just yeah. Clicked. Right. Um, right. I think, I think that's, ev- I think that's everything. It's time to wrap up, isn't it? Uh, predictions. Thanks, thanks for listening, everyone. Predictions. God damn it. Predictions, Chris. <sighs> we all know why you want to avoid it. Shocker. It should have been a slam. Oh. It should have been a slam dunk. Have you seen what you predicted? <laughs> yes. Why did anyone say anything other than Hamilton for qualifying and win? I don't know, Chris. Why did they? <laughs> to be fair, I wasn't the only one. Get on with it. <laughs> I, I'm actually getting annoyed this over at my, with. I'm really annoyed at myself for not predicting Hamilton as the fastest qualifier because I should have known well, better. I would like myself. to point out. I would like to point out that I think that this is the greenest our prediction board has ever been. It's looking healthy. Yeah. It does look healthy. Um, it's the first time I think I've seen green in every single column. Yeah. Without any half points. And yeah, it's the first time I think that we've had some scores of the nature we have. We almost got a clean sweep. So close to a clean so sweep. So close to a clean sweep. But not quite. But I'll quickly mm. run through it. So, fastest qualifier. Um, most people were smart and said Hamilton. <laughs> um, so, I picked up a point for Hamilton. The Dats Life Boys picked up a point for Hamilton. Ika picked up a point, and Craig Mitchell, who is a newcomer this week, picked up a point. Is he related to Grant Mitchell? He is not. Or Phil Mitchell? He is not. Largely because they are fictional characters. Correct. Ah, (laughs) That's why I couldn't find them in the phone book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For the win, (laughs) literally everybody said Hamilton. Quite rightly. That is a nice, solid green column there. That like is a that. solid green column. Which, that's la- one, la- two, three. That's largely why I think it's so yeah. green, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's seven people in the league now and all predicting Hamilton for the win. Uh, first retirement, we had two people get it spot on. Uh, Stu was one of those two people. Yes. And Ika was also spot on. Um, officially, the first retirement was Science for the record. Um, unlucky on Paul Kelso because he did have Palmer as his first retirement, but unfortunately, Palmer was classed as a DNS and yeah, did so not start. In order to so. retire from a race, you have to have been racing. Correct. Um, number of finishers, there was only one person or people spot on with this, and that was the two Dats Life boys spot on with 17 um, all around about the same ballpark. Lots of 16s, 15s, 18s, things like that. But 
That's Life were the only guys to be spot on. And then Random Driver, Esteban Ocon. Again, me, Chris and Stu all thought we might be in for half a point here because he was eighth and we had some sevenths and some ninths and we thought we might be in. But then basically all the listeners guessed eighth, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. That's Life, Paul Kelsall and Craig Mitchell all predicted eighth, which that's was impressive, spot actually. on. All of us were within one place of getting that spot on. Yes, that's true, because even Ike was ninth, same as yeah. Stu, and then me and me you went seventh. seventh. Yeah. So we were all very close. Very, very um, close. So everyone appears to be starting to get their eye in. Craig, I know, has been yeah. listening to the show a while because we've had messages from him and things like that. But he's finally joined in on the predictions, so um, long way that continues. Yeah, yeah, the good, best good debut work, score, may I add, yeah. for Craig oh, Mitchell. Solid three. Three whole points. Yeah. So, Already standing um, at the week. heels of Ika there. Yeah. Mm. On seven points. And we have point. to say, we do have to say a massive well done to Dat's Life, who got four out of five. Yeah. So close yeah. to the clean sweep. Oh. Yeah. I think that is the closest anyone's been. It is, yeah, definitely. I I know I had that one good week, but I think that was three and a half or something. Yeah, four's definitely Very the close. record. I, I'm pretty sure four's the best we've had. I'm willing to go on record and say that without checking. Uh, but yeah, that leaves the league as follows. Craig Mitchell on his debut scores three, which as Stu was saying means it is already fairly close to Ika, who's on 7.5. Just behind Paul Kelso, who has gone from six to eight this week. That's Life Boys with their huge week have gone from six and a half to ten and a half, which puts them right on the tails of Chris. Because Ugh. Chris has been overtaken by Stu. Whoop whoop. It's been on the cards for a while. <laughs> been... He's been closing you down over the last few he weeks. Has. But yeah, you were both on eleven last week. You were tied for second. Uh, your solitary point puts you on twelve. Stu's double score puts him on 13. Yeah, I've got my eyes, got my sights set on you now, Tom. You're closing in on me. I've gone from 17 to 19. So <laughs> I've still got a healthy lead, but as we've seen this week, that <laughs> can be eaten away within a race or two quite Very quickly. quickly. Quite quickly. Yeah. Especially now as everyone does seem to be getting their eye in. Hmm. So, yeah, if you feel like joining in with predictions, keep your eye on our Twitter account, Back of the Grid F1 where we will tweet and you can reply to us and send us your predictions for Hungary. Um, you can also find us on Facebook by searching Back of the Grid and let us know on there. Or you can head to backofthegrid.com and let us know through the website. If you would like to follow any of us individually on Twitter, I am TomKing89, Chris is TNMChris, and Stu is Stu underscore PX. And right. that pretty much wraps up another week of back of the grid does it not i think it does, it does. um so join us uh, next week when we make our predictions for the hungarian grand prix and we'll go over all of the happenings and goings on in the world of formula one and um yeah i'll let you say bye i'll let you guys say bye 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 <laughs> <laughs>